The reading comes from the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 15 to 23. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength He exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. That's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So Paul talks there about praying for the churches that he was writing to. If the Apostle Paul were to pray for Christ Church today, I wonder what we'd want him to pray. I'm not answering it. It's just a question left there hanging. Our prayers tell us what is most important to us. They show what really matters to us. The letter to the church in Ephesus was most likely designed to be read in different churches. So by reading what he prayed for the churches there, we can work out what Paul thought that churches everywhere would need. And what we discover is that Paul believed that they and we need to see better. He prays that we will know God better and grow more and more in understanding of what God has done for us in Jesus. Now this is obviously a lifetime's venture. We can always keep growing in knowing God better, can't we? And when we do come to faith, no area of life is left untouched. We begin to see things differently, more from God's perspective. I very rarely use public transport, but this week I travelled on the train from Sutton Coalfield to Kings Norton. Now, I was brought up in Sutton Coalfield, so I knew that quite well. And obviously, I live in Kings Norton now, and it goes through lots of the areas that I know well. But from the train, I was seeing things very differently. A different view of things that are very familiar to me. I was trying to spot particular landmarks and things. I think the easiest thing is Cadbury, because at least it writes Cadbury all over. So I was all right with that. But coming to faith and growing in faith means that we may see the same things as we did before, but we see them differently. Our worship, our placing Jesus as the centre of our lives, transforms how we view things. It brings a new perspective and a new outlook on life. So some examples would be, our purpose becomes God-centred. 
Our possessions are held onto more lightly. Our relationships become more loving and gracious. Despair turns to hope. We see people more compassionately. Things we once feared don't have that same hold on us. I could go on with lots more examples, and I'm sure you have plenty of your own. The passage just before James read for us, Ephesians 1, 3 to 14, is one long cascade of praise to God. Paul wants the Ephesians to be captivated, not by all the temples to Diana there or the symbols of the Roman Empire, but by a sense of what God has done in Christ. Paul knows that this is what will help the early Christians to stand firm and act courageously. And Paul would say the same to us today. Be captivated by Jesus. As he wrote to the Hebrews, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And then in the reading that we heard, Paul prays for the churches. And that prayer is still relevant for us today. He prays that we would know the hope to which God has called us and an assurance of a glorious inheritance with him, blessings that God has promised to those who trust in him and live for him. He's talking about eternal life in heaven with God and all his people. He prays that we would know God's incomparably great power, the same power living in us that raised Jesus from the dead. It's astonishing, isn't it? The same power living in us that raised Jesus from the dead. And he prays that we would know that Jesus is over all, the head of all. When God renews our understanding in this way, it changes how we view our day-to-day lives. No area of life can be left untouched once we have a vision of Jesus ruling over all. I have to wear glasses to see better. I know some of you do too. Everyone in our house does, apart from those with contact lenses. I used to wear them as a child, then only as I needed. Then I hit the fabulous 40s and needed to wear them all the time. Obviously for this, I need to see an optician to sort out the right prescription for me so that I can see clearly through the lenses. I now have progressed in my 50s to very focal lenses. Mm, I know. Which means that when I look through the top of the lenses, I can see long distance, the bigger picture of what's going on around me. And when I look through the bottom of my lenses, I can see close up, like reading and writing. Why am I telling you my optical history? Well, I know you'd be interested in your sitting audience, so you know. Well, I think this is quite a good picture of what Paul is saying about how we need to see better. We need the big picture, so the top of my lenses, the big picture of what God has done for us and what God has promised us for the future. We also need the close-up picture through the bottom of my lenses of God being with us in all things right now and giving us the power we need to live for him day to day. And wearing glasses is an active choice. I could have the perfect glasses for me, 
But if I leave them on the side all day, they won't help me at all. I need to choose to wear them. Remember the quote we heard on the video, everything filtered through the lens of God's goodness. This is both a work that God does in us by his Holy Spirit, but it's also something that we choose to do, working with him, actively asking God to help us to see things more clearly from his perspective. And we won't always get it right. I need to keep cleaning my glasses to be able to see through them over and over again. And we need to keep going back to God, asking him to renew us and help us to see clearly again. So when we worship together, we help one another to see things differently. Worshipping together reminds us of God's bigger story and gives us the opportunity to be refreshed with God's resurrection power. This then empowers us and inspires us to live out this vision of life wherever we are during the week, glorifying God in who we are and what we do day to day. This is whole life worship. So the goal of Paul's prayer would be greater confidence for the minority of the Ephesian citizens who worship Jesus. If we also could grasp this vision, we too could be more confident in centering our lives on Jesus.